Hey everybody, this is Mandy, and I haven't made pasta in a while. Hi everyone, this is Ollie, and you know that feeling you get when you get home, and you take off all your clothes, and you take off your bra, and you just let it all hang out, and it feels good and free? I don't like that feeling. And this is the Mandy and Ollie Podcast. You search for guys with the most things. Daddy ran away and left your mama with the keys to the Mustang. Yeah, keys to the Mustang. So how are you doing today, Mandy? I started off the day as okay. And um, now I'm not feeling 100% great. But I'm going to talk about the reason why later on in the podcast. Um, So, yeah. Okay. How are you feeling? Physically, I'm not 100%. My body is doing some things that I don't care for, monthly things, but things aren't, like, matching up. Like, some symptoms are here that shouldn't be here without some other things. So I'm just trying to work through that. But I should have noticed it when I was craving, like, weird stuff, like only two-count Kit Kat bars and the cheese puffs that melt in your mouth, things I don't eat on the regular. So it's not that I didn't know it was coming, but it's just... uh lately cravings have been um altering for this thing so it's a little little weird over here Mm. yeah that body it'll surprise you every day every single day so what are your goal updates looking like for this week so for my goals i decided to go back and look at my board and what I had pretty much tried to set up for myself for the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at them every single day because I go and pass my board every single day. But um, I wanted to kind of get back to what the core goals I wanted to be for the year were, as opposed to weekly goals that um, I didn't think were as much of a priority. So I had put take out my contacts at night, Mm -hmm. doing poorly at that, Uh but you know, still something that uh, we could strive towards. Work on my credit card debt. I am feeling pretty confident about that. I will say the sites like Credit Karma and my credit card people and Mint, they keep giving me a pat on the back about how I'm reducing my credit card debt, although for the most part, it don't feel like it's moving as fast as I want it to move, Mm -hmm. but I'm still feeling confident about it because one of the other things that I had set up myself for myself financially, um, I've completed that. Mm -hmm. Um, I completed that at the end of August. So now I can prioritize my credit card debt financially. And I was still paying towards my student loans during this whole period when we didn't have to. Mm -hmm. So I've decided um, that while it's continued through the end of the year that we don't have to pay towards it, I'm going to stop paying towards it. And um, again, just focus on my credit card debt so that um, it'll be at zero for the end of 2020. Nice. Sounds like a nice goal. Um, Yeah, I mean... Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, the other ones that I had were to recycle. I feel like I'm doing good at that. Um, I'd put don't get annoyed and don't be annoying. 
Now, I feel like I'm doing pretty good at the not getting annoyed. I'd have to ask other people if I'm being annoying or not. So, mm-hmm. have to follow up on that. Are you just you uh, asking people? I haven't asked anybody yet, but uh, you're here. Ali, am I being annoying? I think I would need to know what your definition of annoying is. Um, I don't want to give it based off of my definition I guess I'd want to know if I am annoying other people so what based off of your definition uh, I don't think I've ever told someone that they were annoying maybe something that they were doing but you and I haven't had much interaction these last week so I don't have any feedback to give you <laughs> Alrighty. I'll I ask a couple. Okay. Never Sorry. Mind. Never you. mind. Never nope. mind. Never mind. Nope. Okay. Like okay. <laughs> you did do something the other day. <laughs> this is when um our friend group was talking about getting together again and watching a movie. And one of our friends mentioned um oh well we decided Friday and it's not like it was set in stone or we couldn't change the date. But you kind of took that and ran with it. And was like, well, if that's what you guys decided and I'm not available, enjoy the movie. And I was just like, whoa, that semi-escalated quickly. And it just, it didn't seem like a joke. It seemed like you're very serious about it. So I wouldn't put that as a I was serious. I know, I know. So I just, I don't know where that came from. Especially since- but Why is that an escalation? You... I feel like if I have to define why that's an escalation or why that reaction was kind of jarring, I don't really know how to d- to explain that to you. Okay. Well, I didn't see it as an escalation personally because um, I say all the time, like if you guys do things without me, I'm perfectly fine with that. So I didn't view it as an escalation. But um, I did want to hear, I guess why you felt how that related to you know me being annoying I Um, like I said I don't I'm not sure if it was annoying and more so jarring again I don't I I don't feel like I use the word annoying with people very often so I'm that's I guess why I was asking for your definition maybe there's another word I would use but not annoying but I will say this, it's jarring to me or an escalation because it's like it, it wouldn't have taken anything. They'd be like, oh, I'm not available. And then for us to be like, oh, let's change it. It wasn't a this is set in stone. If you don't make it, you're not going to make it, especially since our, all our schedules are crazy and we all try to make sure we can do it together. So it just seemed like and the way I received it, because I, I wasn't the person who you know said whatever. But the way I received it as a bystander was um, kind of like you being dismissive like oh oh well well enjoy your time and it's like well we all want to do this thing together so let's work on trying to do it together i didn't take it as that in part because it was brought up at the end when we were getting off of the phone Mm -hmm. so it did feel like it was oh we and by the way we're gonna do this thing on friday and i was like well not available so i don't see I don't think that you guys doing that one thing without me and prevents us from still planning to do something else as a collective that I can attend. Um, And I don't 
see why you guys shouldn't get to do something at a time when everyone else is available if I say, you know, I don't mind. Um, and the last one I had was passing my classes. So I did that for the first semester and we'll continue to see how that goes for this semester. Nice. What are your goals? Um, so as I mentioned, I started classes. I got a couple of my first few quizzes back and I aced both of those and we got assigned into group projects and our first like so you can do breakout groups in zoom apparently the teacher broke us out into our own little um zoom groups and so it was just I it uh what's the term I was using I don't like being the person who does most of the work in the group project and I also don't like being the person who has to take the lead but I feel like that's what happened because we all got in the group room and everyone was just like, Ooh, look at the birds. So then people started doing introductions. We were supposed to just be doing introductions, but we had an hour of the class left. So I was like, we need to start on this. Like we could probably finish half of this today. And so, um, I started asking about the project and one guy, (laughs) one guy steps in after I asked my question, he's like, well, we're supposed to be doing introductions. So, you know, um, I'm going to introduce myself. He starts giving his life story. And I was just like, this is wasting time. Like we have other things to do. We are all of various ages and various, um, schedules like why are we wasting time telling about how you started a business in 99 that failed and blah 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 like what what the what the what so anywho's after all that was done um I just made it clear I was like hey guys are you guys okay with um everyone just collaboratively working on these google slides like we can all just work on different things and then edit each other as we go along if we need to and that same guy was like well actually I think it's important that everyone's voice is heard and that everyone's opinion matters so everyone needs to you know be able to work together and speak their mind And I said, that's fine, but the slides we're working on are factual things. We're supposed to be listing the founders of this project, and we're supposed to find the project motto motto and the the company motto. Like, nothing here is opinion-based. He's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that's fine. So I just feel like there's a lot of wrangling that I'm going to have to do, and I'm a little bit frustrated about that. So there's that, and then... um, I received an interesting email and it was an email from the school and it said, even though we're virtual, if you need or want financial assistance, the CARES Act has given grants to the school. And so I was just like, well, I'm not like in a physical class. I don't need it. But they started listing, they were like, if you need extra or want extra money for food, for rent, for bills, for all this other good stuff, they were like, just give us your name and tell us about the situation. And that's all they required. And I was just like, I don't know if I should apply to this or not. So that's something I'm thinking about. Um, yeah. So those are my goal updates. Um, with the group project, I find it really interesting that the professor was still like, or, um, or the instructor was still like, I'm going to force a group environment (laughs) (laughs) on you guys. Um, (laughs) don't care the circumstances you you guys are going to have to do a group when everyone knows that nobody likes yep. group projects yeah um especially i feel like if there is no incentive at the end so like understanding how to work in the group is important um because 
you know, when you have real, excuse me, professional situations, you still have to work in a group. But that doesn't change the fact that I don't, I don't really feel like it's the college or higher um, educational procedures job to be like, this is how you work in a group environment. Cause they're not actually teaching you how to work in a group. They're just making you work in a group. Mm-hmm. So I, I that uh, your professor was like, I don't care that this is an online course. I'm still going to make you do a group project. Mm-hmm. Um, he did group us into like business categories that we might be interested in. So my category was online reselling and applications like apps for your phone and devices and stuff. But I'm still like, we all want different things. Another thing he said at the beginning of the class, he was like, well, um, from the profiles I've read from most of you all, most of you all have already started your business and blah, blah, blah. There are five people in my group and I'm the only one with a business in America. The other student has a business in China and has not figured out how to convert her business to an American business. So I'm also like, I don't want to be looked at as the go-to or answering questions and yada, yada, yada. So we'll see how it goes. This is worth 40% of the grade. So. <laughs> That's hard. It's hard not to feel like you have to take responsibility when it's the stakes are that high. Yep. Yep, so I don't want to do it, but it doesn't look I have a choice. So we'll see how it goes. Are you ready to move on to the safe space? I do. I am. Which one answered the question? I am. <laughs> I am. Okay, would you like to go first? I'd like to hear yours first i'm trying to figure out if i want to switch my switch some things around um Mm -hmm. based upon recent events okay um yeah so i wanted to discuss the charges brought up against one officer in regards to brianna taylor all (laughs) righty and i did i'm not laughing because it's funny yeah yeah i i i'm (laughs) I, I don't really even know what to say. I'm not surprised. I'm I'm surprised at people who are surprised. I'm surprised at the anger. I'm surprised at people talking about angry tears. I'm surprised that this is BS and that we waited so long. I'm surprised that people thought real justice would come from this since they've been dragging their feet this entire time. The other thing I am surprised about is that they only charged one officer when there are multiple officers who fired who went along with it. And do you, well, you might be adding, so I'll let you continue. And wait, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say the reason why only, the reason why only one officer was charged. Go ahead. So the one officer, Brett, Hankinson Mm -hmm. was charged with the way that he was shooting and how it um, shot recklessly into the other apartments. So his charge didn't actually have anything to do with Brianna. It was that he had endangered the lives of other people. Mm -hmm. And I guess in the investigation that um, the attorney general, I believe it is, office did, they were analyzing whose bullets did what and went where and blah, blah, blah. And he was the only one who was shooting 
into the other apartments. So that's why he's the only one that was charged with um one with that charge. It's, it's hard for me to pronounce. It's like wanton wanton endangerment. Wanton endangerment. Yeah. <laughs> so the, um everyone else was shooting inside of Brianna's apartment towards Brianna and her boyfriend. So and they feel like that was with probable cause, so they they didn't get any charges. Yeah, so I parsed through the document, and I parsed through some posts, and one activist said that she wasn't even mentioned in the charges as if she didn't exist. And I was just like, that part mm-hmm. is surprising to me since there was a victim. But then again, I don't know if that's, nomenclature i don't know if that's normal when you're doing these kinds of charges um but i watched sorry to interrupt again i watched the video of the judge um saying out the charges that the um jury had brought up and she so technically she wasn't the victim of the charges that were filed against him Mm. so that's why they didn't bring her up well, it also doesn't make sense to me because the the shots that Hankison shot, none of those killed Breonna Taylor. But the 32 shots that the sergeant uh, Mattingly and Detective Cosgrove shot, those are the ones that killed Breonna Taylor. So mm-hmm. I don't understand why they didn't get any charges. But again, it's not my place to understand. The law going to do what the law going to do. Um, I... <laughs> Again, I'm not over here crying in anger, and I'm not surprised. I just feel like, and I hate I hate to use a term that doesn't apply. I also don't, I can tell you all the things I don't feel, but I'm having a hard time describing how I do feel. I can tell you it's not that I feel numb, because that's not it, but I just feel like this has become the new normal, or it's we've begun to highlight the new normal lately, technology, TV, everyone recording with their phones. And I feel like black death has become a movement. And I don't like that feeling. I don't like that. This is to me something that's never going to end. Racially charged attacks are never going to end. And yeah, I'm not sure what else really to say right now. Um, so this was the thing that, you know, affected my day, changed what I had planned to talk about. Um, I can see that being the case for, you know, most people today and this week. And it's, you know, happened multiple times for us throughout this year. Um, it just reminded me. Um, because I did watch a lot of, a lot of, I watched a couple, um, video footages and it was specifically like coming out of Kentucky, like listening to their attorney general do the press conference and listening to, um, their local and Louisville teams, um, you know, their, um, local news and watching the video with their, judge and and all of that stuff and it just 
listening to what the laws are, not just in the country, but, you know, state by state, by city and municipals and all the local things, it is made lawful and permissible for a person and in particular people of color to lose their lives and there be no consequences. So it's basically they're saying it's not unlawful the way and the reason and how she Brianna Taylor lost her life. Um, which is in part why we were talking about her family seeking civil um lawsuit and everything like that. It really feels like that is the only way for them to get justice because in theory it, they can't get it through the law it's not a crime what happened to her um but that is in part why people protest and why those actions have to be taken which i talked about you know last season on the podcast is that we have to do things that are perceived unlawful in order to get the laws to be changed so that it is so that we can actually live in an environment that is fair and equal and safe for everyone. Like the fact that slavery was lawful and then a law had to be put in place to get people to stop being to stop trying to enslave people. It's not like everyone was going to find that moral compass on their own or people were just going to decide that this was no longer a good thing to do. Um, it, it has to be changed in the system. And that's part of the reason why black people say that the country and the system and the government is broken and wrong. Because as long as we keep having to fight things in the system in order for us to be viewed as people in order for us to get a fair treatment in order for our lives not to just be splattered in our home and nothing happened then a law has to change um i just saw something recently that was like the u.s um congress is put into i think the house of representatives specifically but basically so that people can't be discriminated by their hair um particularly black people with natural hair like everything has to be put in place in the law in order for black people to get any and everything because it's a reverse from what was originally set which was we have nothing so everything that we get after that we have to to fight for for it to be put into law it's not it's it isn't you know automatically given there is no real um born into freedom or born into rights like every right that we have we have to fight for for it to become law and then when it's law you still have to fight for the law to be enacted and to be really put into into action so Just because it wasn't surprising, I don't know. Just it still hurt. Was that your entry for this is a safe space, or did you switch it out? Um, it wasn't my original entry, so I guess I can still do my original entry. Okay. So my original entry for this is a safe space was um expressing vulnerabilities and basically like. I think we're taught, um, I won't say specifically from childhood, but at some point in our lives, I feel like people are taught 
not to be vulnerable or not to show vulnerability to others, whether it's like, it's not, it's like no one wants to deal with vulnerabilities or whether it's not safe to be vulnerable with everyone or whatever the case may be. So I feel like people, um, hold things in or feel like they have to put up a front and then I just feel like at some point in your life you have to decide for yourself either to be vulnerable like it's okay to show my vulnerabilities and let that part of myself out or to just be comfortable in the fact that you're not showing your vulnerability so you have to live with that fact and just kind of live your life with confidence or at least with like a perceived confidence if that makes sense like if you if you say I can't if I can't show that I'm sad or I can't show that I'm mad then you know you have that choice but you can't expect that someone will know how to um tend to those things if they don't know that it bothers you or um another example I had with someone I was talking to recently where they were like oh I'm a guy I have to behave a certain way or I have to do something well if you know a certain way I can't show weakness okay if that's what you choose to do that you don't want to be a guy that shows your feelings, then you have to understand that people are going to respond to you not showing your feelings. And so they're going to treat you either like you have no feelings because you haven't shown them or, um, I forgot the other point I was going to make, but yeah, like, I guess I just, I've been thinking that recently, like, you know, it's up to you if you want to be vulnerable, but if you don't want to be vulnerable, if you don't want to show your feelings, if you don't want to share your emotions, you can't expect people to know that you're feeling that way because you've showed something else. Like you have to kind of figure out how to deal with that. Hmm. Given my own experience, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. I agree with, with the mo- the bulk of what you're saying, which is that general people probably won't know how to treat you or cater to you or figure anything out if you don't tell them how you're feeling or if you're not vulnerable with them. But I do have one friend whom I don't have to verbalize how I'm feeling with them and they're able to read me very well. Like probably the best person, like we just have that kind of connection where they can read me very, very well. And so it's not that I have expectations for them to read me, but they're able to see what's going on without me maybe being blatantly vulnerable or saying, this is how I feel or showing it through in any kind of emotions or speaking words. So I do think it depends on the level of knowing and the level of relationship um, that someone has with the person. Again, this is probably the only person like I've ever met in my life who can do this. So it's not, general this is the asterisk this is the outlier but I do believe there are relationships out there where it's like I don't have to be vulnerable and you still know that I'm going through something right now or I'm feeling a certain way um also I understand why people might want to be 
guarded. I understand why even in some of my friendships, I find myself like, okay, I don't think the way I view this friendship is the way you view it. So let me take a step back. Let me maybe not share as much information. Let me maybe do less and get more on your level because I feel like there's not an equal exchange going on. So I can understand possibly being vulnerable all the time than saying, all right, I got to stop that. Right. I think that's fair as well. Like if you choose not to be as vulnerable with someone, um, but I guess in speaking to the general and not the outlier situation, if you choose to be less vulnerable with them, I guess my thought process is you have to um, understand that that's like your choice. And so when someone responds to it or can, or, or is just like, okay, well, if you say you're, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to relate it to like one of the general conversations that I had that like sparked this mm-hmm. um for me um which was like this guy that I knew who was learning now like it was okay to feel how he felt about certain things or just like not have to put on airs not have to try and present a certain thing like even something as one of the vulnerabilities we're talking about is like especially with being an adult when people ask you what is it that you do mm-hmm. and some people like you know can confidently be like I'm a doctor um but for some people like maybe they are a cab driver and they don't have an issue with being a cab driver but it it makes them feel vulnerable to share I'm a cab driver or I'm a lift driver So I think that's a common question, the what do you do? But I do find it to be very invasive and very intrusive. And I've heard it remixed or a better way to talk with someone is to say, what makes you happy? Excuse me. I feel like you get a fuller, even more engaging response. Because when you say, what do you do? I feel like, not I feel like, people have their own judgments about what your day-to-day is, how much money you make, where that puts you in kind of like a classist system. Whereas if I ask what makes you happy, oh, painting makes me happy. Bird watching makes me happy. Collecting rocks and scabs make me happy. This is how long I've been doing it. This is why I do it. This is da 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 I just feel like you get more out of it instead of, oh, you're a doctor? You save lives, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're an Uber driver? Oh, oh, you, okay, that's not a real job. It's not a this, it's not a that. So it's just like... I feel like that is kind of like a classist question, but it is common. And I don't think people think about that third layer or that secondary layer about how it can be perceived. So, yeah. Right. So, so part of that to me, um, as the person who knows that like, it may be like, they may feel vulnerability talking about their employment. Um, you can be someone who initiates the question the way that you said, or you could choose not to engage in that conversation, or you can just be vulnerable and say like, yeah, well, I'm an Uber driver. That's what I do. I'm, you know, and so that's where I, I more so was having the conversation with the person is where it's like not worrying about the way other people feel, or if you, do worry about the way other people feel about it. Like you choose the level 
of vulnerability you want to give out, if that makes sense. So that's where I was um, getting with the subject is like, you can either stand confidently in like who you are and how you feel about things, or you can be vulnerable and share your vulnerability, um, but you can't control the way that outside parties are going to respond to to respond to you even if you feel like I'm being vulnerable and you want people to express things a certain way it's like you choosing to be vulnerable you have to do for you and not with the expectation that people are going to respond in a certain way what do you think of that um I do agree that you can't control how someone reacts or responds to something. Um, I'm empathetic to those who do open themselves up and then don't receive the response that they would like or response that will allow them to continue to open up. So that's that, I suppose. Okay. Ready to slip on over to the meat and potatoes? I am ready. I feel like I have a segment in my head called, like, advice I give to you, but that I don't take myself. And so that's what I'm going to do today. (laughs) I'm going to give you guys some advice that I do not take myself. And that's if you need help or assistance, like, emotionally, financially, physically, ask for it. It's kind of like what Mandy was saying about vulnerabilities in general. Someone might not know how you're feeling if you don't tell them. Someone might not know that you need help if you don't ask them for it. And it's nice to pray for things, wish for things, hope for things, and see if the universe or whatever God or entity you believe in makes those things come true. That's nice. but. As one of the texts says, faith without work is dead. And that is something I can stand behind. Not that I stand behind all the texts. Anywho, I do believe that it's important to put actions with your intentions. It's important to put actions behind your thoughts. And I will also implore you all to be very careful with your thoughts because sometimes those manifest into reality, whether you're ragging on yourself or you're having negative thoughts and eventually you start noticing negative things around you. Like, excuse me, you don't want to end up festering in this kind of mushroom cloud and just having this repetitive cycle of negativity and feeling like you need help and no one knows. And sometimes... (laughs) me included, you kind of just want people to notice that you need help. You want people to see that you're not smiling as much. You want people to see that you're not as open as much. You want people to realize like you're not as peppy on the phone or in person or that maybe you don't, you're not hanging out as much. You kind of want people to notice and you don't always want to physically cry out for help. But sometimes, a lot of times, all the times, <laughs> people are going through their own things. So it's not that they can't help you, but they might need a hoo-hoo, yo, I need help. They might 
need that directive so that they can pause what they're doing and help you, or they can add you to, you know, their schedule, their list, checking in on you, sliding something your way, stopping by, doing something for you. So it's, it's important to know that you can depend on your family, your friends, your support group, your tribe. And they're not just there for like laughs and giggles. If you need something, ask for it. And I'm sure if they can help you, they will do it. But you won't know if you don't ask. I agree. Oh, okay. I was just taking a breath. (laughs) I know, though. I didn't want to interrupt you like Lisa. (laughs) That that was it. You sure? We can do one more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Breathe in, breathe out, guys. Um, I agree that uh, um, in a lot of cases, you 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 may need to tell people, like, wave your flag to be like, hey, over here, I'm stuck on this island. <laughs> Can you help me out? Because um, they might just look at the island and be like, oh, look at them. They have such a nice island to live on. They must really like it there. Right. And then they're going to let you stay over there. Right. Um, and it's, and, and sometimes like, sometimes you may feel like I got it. I got it. I got it. Like you're doggy paddling Mm -hmm. and you barely realize like how tired you've gotten from trying to stay above, above the water or whatever the case may be that someone that, you know, this could be your last couple of seconds to be like, help, <laughs> help me. <laughs> well, so it could hear. Um, so I feel like when you say like advice that you offer to tell people, but you don't take, I'm trying to think about if I ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I don't do it that much, but I'm, I'm trying to think about times if I've needed it and didn't ask for it. And I think that I've been good about when I feel myself getting to a drowning point, I will ask, um, particularly when I was in college and I felt like I was like depressed and and I was to the point where I was like, I can't, I can't front anymore. I got to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I may not, you know, have liked <laughs> the way that help turned out initially, I do always feel good about no longer being at that terrible point. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it was still a, a good thing, at least for me to have asked for help, because even if I didn't get saved the way I would have liked to have been saved, I was saved. Like I'm not, in a depressed state anymore um and really that's you know you can only do that when you come out on the other side okay do you uh i don't well and you don't have to expand i don't know how personal this is but you said you might not have liked the help that you received is it that people helped you in only ways they knew how or that you weren't really listened to the help you wanted Mm, it's probably a bit of both like the ways that people knew how I think were to um to try and say like all right well what are you doing next mm-hmm. or gotcha. you better figure out what you got going on and I'm like because they just looked at it as me leaving school as opposed to my mental health not being good 
Um, so that put a lot of pressure on me to be like, oh, I guess I got to get, stop being depressed because apparently I have to figure out a new life plan mm. as opposed to dealing with um, how I was feeling. Um, I also was getting some help in regards to my emotional and mental health, but that didn't go too well either. So <laughs> it was just like the circumstances of like how people were choosing to help me and then the way that things turned out, even when they were doing maybe what I thought would have would have been helpful, those things didn't even go right either. Mm-hmm. So a little of this, a little of that. Okay. Um, I'm also trying to... Oh, are you still... My bad. <laughs> well, I was trying to think about if I had advice that I give, but do not take. Mm-hmm. Unless you had another one you wanted to do. No, that was the main one right now. I do feel like this is something I would have content for weekly, though. So I am excited to see about what else I do not uh, do, but encourage you all to do. <laughs> mm. um, I would say advice that I can give right now, mm-hmm. but do not take, mm-hmm. is planning your meals Mm. (laughs) right now i ain't doing that um definitely just eating whatever is in the house even when i kind of have an idea of like like i bought a lot of what in theory are easy to eat food this week like oh i can make my salad and it's gonna be bomb and then i never made like my big salad like i was just like "Eh." (laughs) um so that's one thing that I advise people what I haven't been doing. Mm-hmm. And um, not getting distracted, focusing on your goals, prioritizing what got, needs to get done. She ain't been doing that this week. She being me and me being Mandy. <laughs> I have a question. She has been doing that recently. You didn't talk yep. about it in goal updates, but what? how's your no TV thing going? Or not a, not going at all. I've been watching all the TV. All right. <laughs> all the television. And actually, that can bring me, even though it was on the weekend, to what I had for meat and potatoes, which was the Emmys. Okay. For those of you who don't know what the Emmys are, it's the biggest award show for television. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the so for somebody who watches a lot of television, she had to watch the thing where the people in the TV... Get all the awards for for the TV. <laughs> Were you happy with the winners, the selections overall, or did you feel any kind of way? I was generally satisfied with the winners. Uh, when I was watching with it being like a digital award show, it was a little bit weird where I was trying to figure out if they did as many awards as they could have done, mm-hmm. like every award show always feels ridiculously long mm-hmm. and they always do a lot of them be like half of the awards before the actual ceremony, because right. there's so many words to give out. Right. But with it being, yeah, but with it being a virtual award show this year, I was like, Oh, they don't have to wait for people to walk up and down the stairs or, they don't need to do as many like joke stuff. Like they should probably have time to get through more awards. And I felt like, I don't know if they got through more awards. So it was a little bit confusing for me, but I was generous, generally like, yeah, those people uh, deserve to win. Um, 
from the shows that I watch and from the shows that I don't watch but have heard good reviews from in terms of like critics and like popular synopsis because what tends to happen with these award shows it'll be like critics who like really bougie prestige people mm-hmm. who only watch a certain type of television and they're like that's all I watch and then there's the popular vote where people are like oh we talk about this every day and it's trending on Twitter and Instagram and those things don't get voted for right. but for the most part I felt like it was across the board that's what I would have expected and um Shit's Creek specifically like kills the comedy section and I love that show I haven't been able to watch the sixth season because I always watch it on Netflix so I know and I know that the sixth season was their final season so I'm very excited about it coming out on Netflix for October can't wait to watch it but I've been feeling like they deserved um recognition Mm -hmm. Um, and I think last year only Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara had been nominated. And this year everybody was nominated and everybody won all the things. <laughs> so I was very happy about that. And um, I was also happy, even though Insecure didn't win all the things, again, it was like they got that gangbusters of like being nominated across the board mm-hmm. where previously it was just like Issa was nominated and that was it. Right. Like people getting nominated for writing, people getting nominated for directing, people getting nominated for camera lights, like for both shows. I was just like, yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, I, have a I like that. Whenever mm-hmm. you're done. Sorry. Yeah, I'm done, Rainbow. <laughs> How do you feel about us still having, like, these big moments? Specifically, I'm referring to Zendaya. Is it Zendaya or Zendaya? You know, I know how to say Rihanna's name, yeah. which is Rihanna. Right. But Zen- Zendaya, I'm not too sure. Okay. I think we're going to go with Zendaya. I, yeah, I know that for Rihanna, too. But I, how do you feel about this whole the second black woman to get a lead actress Emmy. Like, are you over it? Like, are you over the fact that why is it taking so long for people? I won't say that for black women to be recognized. Or do you feel like, okay, well the times have to catch up with years and years and years of people voting who did not look like us or did not watch our content. Like how I'm, you're the TV expert in this duo. So <laughs> I guess I'm wondering how you feel about it. Or are you just like, yes, give her her flowers finally? Like, how do you feel about it? So I do think part of it is the times have to catch up because, um, and I talked about this. It wasn't this podcast. I talked about it on a different podcast, but I basically said like, the way that these systems are set up is that people who are part of the Academy vote, and it's always been structured that there were less women and less, you know, people of color. Mm-hmm. And the more that, um, or people are part of like, you know, the LGBT community and all that stuff, younger people. And as long as there is movement and change to allow more diverse people to be involved in the process then that will change the way that these award shows look and the way that things are set up so as things change um 
then we can start to see different results. Again, talking about the situation with the way that black people are treated in this country. If we don't keep pushing for the laws to change, then things aren't going to change. People aren't going to do it on their own. And it's the same with television. In the case with Zendaya winning, it was still just like very amazing to see because Zendaya herself, um, she also was recognized for being the youngest person to win in that category. She's 24 and she's playing in a show that's based around teens. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved Euphoria. It it made me cry. (laughs) Like almost every episode, she made me cry specifically uh, more so than anyone else. And it's definitely not a show that older people would feel the need to want to watch and then look at it and understand the way that it makes people feel like the reality of those characters, Mm -hmm. because the other big show that was winning for, um, actually Zendaya was the only thing was the only person and like really big thing that was like nominated for euphoria. Mm -hmm. The big winner for drama that night was succession, which is about white rich people and the fight amongst an old white man's children to be like next in line. Mm -hmm. Like it's so, (laughs) it's so the opposite Uh, it's it's so structured in like rich white people white people problems (laughs) rich white people problems Mm -hmm. the opposite of what euphoria is which is like this young person of color struggling with their identity and drug addiction and um all these other kids like figuring out their sexuality and just like how they feel about themselves as people like completely different ends of the spectrum so the fact that succession even though it may be a good show was winning things left and right wasn't surprising but the fact that zendaya as a young person recognized for her hard work in a struggle that was specific to like young people that was more so what was surprising to me than um her as a black woman Mm -hmm. Because, because I think she was telling a different kind of of story that they wouldn't want to see. Like to me, the reason why Viola Davis won and the reason why Carrie Washington was nominated so much is because they were p- portraying roles that could have easily been a white man. Mm-hmm. Like, it was still a story that was about, like, people in a powerful position dealing with, like, law and power and all that stuff and that push and shove. And, like, you know, that's the type of things that tend to interest the people in those um that, that tend to watch that type of prestige television. They're like, ooh, a power struggle from rich people with power. This is the type of thing I love. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's... Is <laughs> you know it's facts it's like ooh you know it's it's just like it's like the gangster films like ooh rich people fighting it's just I don't know it's the, it's the type of stuff they like <laughs> but this was just like something totally different and it still won so that's why I was you know even more so excited about that um, and then it was like yes yeah, Zendaya is a young black woman and she killed it like if, for anyone who has watched Euphoria, you know Zendaya deserved it, hands down. Yeah. But yeah. Okay.
So, are you ready to mosey on over to our underappreciated awards? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So last week, I believe we mentioned how black sitcom moms matter. And we did. Yeah. And I recently saw a thread and they were talking about underrated black dresses. And I agreed with everyone on that list. So I wanted to just reiterate that list and included CCH Pounder, Debbie Morgan. I love me some Debbie Morgan. If you ever watched Charmed, she was Oracle. Uh, Tamara Tooney. She's been in a lot of films and a lot of TV, SVU, and what was it? The Devil's Advocate. Do you remember that Keanu Reeves movie where he was the devil's son? I remember, well, I remember the movie Devil's Advocate. I think it's I don't different. remember him being the devil's son. Are you sure? <laughs> it was the Keanu remember- Reeves movie where he was the devil's son. I don't think it was called The Devil's Advocate, Advocate but it was something like that. Did it have Charlize Theron and um, Al Pacino? Yes. Yeah. I mean, unless he was a reincarnation of the devil's son. I remember Al Pacino was the devil. Right. In the movie. Right. But he, he wasn't Al Pacino's son in the movie. So unless he was like a reincarnation, I don't he remember. He ended up being the, like uh, his son. I thought, okay, I'll look it up later and give y'all an update next week. Anyway, she was in there being like this creepy being. And she's always had like an amazing physique. So I just applaud her on like keeping her physique up all these years. Uh, Lisa Gay Hamilton uh, and Lorraine Toussaint, who's been in like, countless films and uh television programs and i guess this episode is tv heavy anyways (laughs) (laughs) they are amazing actresses and something in the caption kind of threw me off so they talked about how they paved the way there are cinematic faves and um basically how they deserve their flowers right now which i agree with and way more roles and so i started thinking about it and i was like is it that they're going on auditions and they're not getting roles? Is it that they feel like my catalog speaks for itself? I don't need to audition or is it that they, you know, are doing other ventures? So I'm wondering, I guess I'm on the fence about do these people need to be advocated for or have they, you know, retired or are they working on their own projects? Because when I think about black women specifically currently in Hollywood, I don't really see middle-aged women I see either really young black women in productions or older black women and so I would think their demographic would call for them to be in productions. so I'm just I'm not sure exactly I know each one specifically would be you know different it varies per person but um yeah I'm What's always the middle age in my mind as opposed to like yeah as opposed to the older in my mind middle age is like I guess right now, like 30 to 50. I guess that's middle age in my mind, seeing as how people used to die at the age of 30 way back when, when the wagons and the horses and stuff. So um, I guess like early bird special and older to me would be an older demographic. Not that they're necessarily within that category only, but I just feel like now would be the time for them to be receiving more roles if that's something that they were looking for. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Well, the reason why I ask is because I feel like a lot of the people that you named would be considered older. Um, so, like, the, I think they're all above, like, 50. Mm-hmm. But some of them are still working pretty heavily. Right. 
um, but they may not be getting like as many, yeah, mm-hmm. roles. Okay. Like if when you talked about Debbie Morgan, she's on Power. Mm-hmm. Um, what did I say? Mm-hmm. Like I knew well, that. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> she plays Tasha's mom. Oh, cool. Uh, Lorraine Toussaint had a good couple of stuff. Mm-hmm. Orange the, is Black specifically. Mm-hmm. But I mean, she was like on a show that was on NBC last year. Oh, okay. I didn't watch it, but. Uh, but I know she, I know she was there. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Speaking of this demographic and black women, do you have any opinion on Angela Bassett going from mainly films to television? Do you feel any kind of way about that? No, because a lot of people started making that shift when they started to be quote unquote better roles in television. Okay. Um, I think a lot of times people who felt like they were serious actors could only do film. And now that things are, it's the time of prestige and, or the new golden age of television, as they call it, everybody's really trying to get on TV and, um, lock in a nice little check and schedule. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Okay. That's my thoughts. You? In regards to Angela Bassett making the move to TV. I just feel like in my eyes, some stars, I just, I love television, but to me, film, or I guess I can't say that. I was going to say film is a greater realm than television, but it's like television is like a daily, everyday thing. And films are like a one-time production, even though you can rewatch it, it might mean something to you. I just feel like, I feel like it's it's looked as more as a positive if you start in television, then go on to film. And it, in my mind, can't explain why, it's like a backtrack if you go from films to television. I just feel like when I first saw her in 911, I was like, you're Angela Bassett. What are you doing on my television screen in a TV show? Like, you're the Angela Bassett. So it kind of threw me off, but I enjoy her acting on there. I just, um, I'm used to seeing her in these blockbuster roles in film. So maybe it's just going to take some adjustment. But like you said, check is a check. And if you're malleable and you can do both, then why not do both? Yeah. And I think they're just looking at it like they're, for a lot of people, they think there are better roles being offered on TV Mm -hmm. than there are in movies right now. Mm-hmm. So they're going with what they think is the best role and not just, um, is it on the big screen? Right. The big screen. That's what I want to say. <laughs> Who and or what and or where is receiving your underappreciated award for today? My appreciate, my, my <laughs> underappreciated award today is going to Machel Montana, uh, a.k.a. Mr. Fett from Trinidad. He has so many soca songs, and if you are ever just in need of a personal party or you're trying to get the right uh, songs to set your party off or make your party a fet, you have to call you have to call on him. You have to pick his songs. You He's the right move to make. Um when as, as just as like 
for me, as soon as I even see one of the names of his songs and I know the song, I'm like, hey, like it just brings out that vibe of me, um, particularly as a Caribbean person. I love soca music. So some people may not like it, but I'm like, for me, he deserves more flowers. Um, we did not get to have carnival this year. So I'm just trying to feel it in my own spirit. And anyone else who is missing having the carnivals this year, I would just advise you go listen to some of his music. Okay. Can you name one of his singles? I don't know if I know him by name. I might know him by sound, though. Um, I can, but... <laughs> you don't want to sing it? Okay. Um, I could. What's the hesitation? <laughs> it's just it's a it's a whole vibe I don't know it's funny okay um he has the one song it just says okay yeah I figured you'd be like okay well all right all right well if you guys want to listen Go listen. <laughs> so, Mandy, would you like to tell the listeners where they can find us? Yes, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MNO Podcast. You can also send us your questions, comments, and concerns either in our DMs or you can send them to Mandy and Ollie at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Please be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen so that you know when we drop a new episode. Yes. Uh, what Mandy said is very important, you guys. We get more traffic, more views if you interact with our posts, if you interact by giving us your rating, by giving your opinion. Um, it pushes us through the algorithms and I know people say that, but basically it's clicks and likes and interactions give you higher ranking and algorithms. So more people see your content. So we would really, really appreciate if you interacted with us and we respond lickety splickety. Someone was DMing us the other day and I had a paragraph written and Mandy responded and I was like, Oh, I guess I'll just delete this. (laughs) So like we respond uh, fairly quickly. So don't ever hesitate to reach out to us. All right, it was good talking to y'all. Bye. Bye. Don't I know you from back when? Yeah, way, way back when.